So hi, everybody. Nice to see you all. A lot of different people. I'm getting waves. Um, uh, I haven't been here for a while, and it's been really uh, nice not to be here, and it's really good to be back. And I'm happy to, I was uh, speaking with someone about what did I want to talk about tonight, and I wasn't sure, and they said, well, what do you really care about? And I said, 24-7 practice, and for people really learning about what it means to practice, practice proactively. <clears throat> and so I want to talk about that. And, and the, the, the component of the Dharma I want to talk about is the factor of awakening that's called investigation or inquiry. And um, I, I saw somebody today, a good friend, Noliway Alexander, who's one of the teachers at Spirit Rock. And, and Noliway was very kind and uh, said she always refers to me when she gives a talk because she looks up the words to see what the words mean that she's using and that she learned that from me. It's something that I do. So I thought, oh, I should look up the word investigate to see what it means. <clears throat> so it's like a little uh, um, a little yin yang with no leeway where she, I've been, I encouraged her, but now she encouraged me. And so I looked up the word investigate because this is what we're going to explore today. This is what we're going to investigate today. And what I was also hoping to encourage to weave into the meditation by being curious or wondering or discovering what supported your meditation because that's a form of investigation in the moment. <clears throat> and so to investigate means to carry out uh, an inquiry to discover and examine facts or to establish the truth. And if you all know that Dharma means truth. And to investigate also means to carry research or study in a way to discover information or the facts of things. And uh, one also, uh, when investigating, makes inquiries into the activities or the qualities or the characteristics of what's here. And, and it's uh, investigate also means to check, to find out something. Uh, and when I looked up the root from Latin, it means uh, it means in in means into into or track or trace. The, the inner trace is what I came up with to really see what's inside of things to understand in that way. And as I said, the reason why I wanted to speak about this is because I really want to encourage proactive practice, engage practice, a dynamic practice. So it's not just as somebody, uh, as, as actually Saida Utejaniya, who I'll be quoting a lot, he says, mindfulness is not enough. Mindfulness is not enough. The practice is more than, than what we call mindfulness. But to really see what supports, what brings freedom or love or clarity or presence and what supports being here and being aware and awake 24 seven. 
And even right now, I want to encourage you to see what it's like to stay aware while you're listening and while you're aware of my words and, and also to be aware of your reactions to my words and the thoughts you have and any feelings that come and any um, sensations in the body that you notice when, because we want to be aware of body, heart, mind. <clears throat> and with investigation, there's a, a dynamism that comes and a kind of discovery that comes. So energetically, it has a lot of good and uh, a lot of good um, um, vitality to it. And we want to start to investigate what we're aware of, but also where are we looking from? What is it that's aware? Where are we seeing from? What's our perspective? Because sometimes we're aware of something, but we already have a very incalculated in, in view, or we have a very rigid view on what we say we're aware of. And so we're not paying attention to what's aware because awareness itself doesn't have a view. We have views and we want to be aware of them. We want to be curious about them. We want to investigate our views to see what's true. And so not only investigating what we're aware of, but what is it, what is it that's aware? And then to see what we understand because it's a key component to awakening. And we wanna wake up. We wanna wake up right here. And really I'm pointing at each of you and the screen and the little, this, we wanna wake up right here, whether it's Jonathan or Diana or Tony or Todd or Allison or Erica or Susan, I'm just reading one line of boxes here. Um, we want to see what's true right here. And we also want to wake up to the greater sense of what's here collectively, culturally. And of course, we want to wake up even broader than what's here to the, to the world, to what's here politically, to what's here uh, um, in a very interconnected way with the whole world, ultimately. <clears throat> And so investigation, it's the second factor of awakening. And it's sometimes, the word is dharma vachara, dharma vachaya, dharma vachaya, which is sometimes translated as investigation of dharma or investigation of truth or, um, or the discerning uh, um, sort of wisdom, sometimes it's called the second factor, the discerning form of wisdom. And Sayada Uteshaniya, who um, is very keen on investigation as part of practice, he said, wisdom never believes. Wisdom never believes. Wisdom always investigates. And that's a key piece for all of us we want to keep investigating our lives so we can respond wisely to ourselves, to our bodies, 
to what's happening physically for us, to our hearts, to what's happening emotionally to us, to our minds, to what's happening to our minds. And I'll give you a little example. So I, I feel like I do a lot of investigative practice in an ongoing way. And I'm and I'm invest partly I'm investigating well what makes me happy and what doesn't make me happy, or what allows me to relax or what doesn't allow me to relax. And as some of you know, I I like the Golden State Warriors, like I'm I'm a big Warriors fan, and uh, yeah, a couple of people are doing this right now. So, but but I've also I also see how I react when they lose, and it's not good. It's not fun. I don't like when they lose. And what I don't like is happening right here. It's not happening in the game. I mean, I don't like it when they lose the game, but it's my reaction that I don't like. I get tight. I get tense. I get irritable. And so today, some of you may know they were playing the big game, game seven of a series in the playoffs. And um, But I was working on the talk. And so because I've done enough investigation practice, I knew if I watch the game, that is not going to help me write this talk, especially if they lose. That, and I'm not going to be able to write this talk. So I ignored the game. I taped it and ignored the game and worked on the talk all, all day. And at some point, somebody sent me an email who rarely emails me, but they're big Warriors fan. And as soon as they sent the email, I knew that we did good because they wouldn't email me to say we did horrible. And um, and so then I looked to see what happened and because I didn't know what had happened and I saw we'd won. And I'm happy enough just knowing that. And I can watch the game later because I taped it, which I'll do. And but I'm just I'm just telling you this because I want you to understand or get a little flavor of how you can investigate what's true for oneself and what supports oneself as one lives one life in a real way and one has responsibilities that one wants to fulfill and one doesn't just do everything that one is drawn to do like go see the warriors. Um, because sometimes it's not so helpful, especially if they lose. But I'm happy tonight because they won. And so, you know, and it makes it much happier to give the talk because they won. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so a few other things about the second factor of awakening. Um, um, that what wisdom access asks us to do is to look more closely and more immediately and more passionately when we're sitting at each moment. What's here? What's really here in this breath? What's really here with this thought? What's really here with this feeling? And I'm, I'm using re really to try and encourage you even now to pay attention to what's really here right now as you're listening. Can you get closer to your body, heart, mind that's here? It's totally here. You're here. You're listening. Even if you're just showing me your your photos of your cat or whoever, uh, or, you know, some the sky, 
I'm assuming you're here. What what supports you to get closer to this moment, to things as they are unmitigated by our assumptions, right, or our beliefs, but really to look closely, investigate and, and see what what happens be, as investigation becomes part of the orientation of your practice. <clears throat> Utejaniya said, he said, many people feel lost when the mind quiets down and becomes stable. They don't know what to do with the quietness. That's when I encourage yogis to investigate. And so even something like that, what he's pointing at is so beautiful because you can feel really quiet. Investigate the quiet. Get closer to the quiet. Become one with the quiet when there is quiet. And when there's not quiet, be aware of that. Investigate that. What does it feel like in your body or in your heart or in your mind? And I just thought I would mention the seven factors because then you hear a little bit about how they, how they function, how they roll, the seven factors. First, the overarching factor is mindfulness, right? The, just the truth of the moment. And then investigation is a kind of curiosity and intelligence and wonder about what's, what's here. And that brings energy and a kind of aliveness and some determination, and that brings some delight. They, they actually have a kind of rolling impact on one another. It brings delight and, and a pleasure, a sublime pleasure, and that allows for more tranquility and relaxation in body and mind, and that relaxation and tranquility allows samadhi or concentration to arise, becoming more unified with experience, and then there's an equanimity underneath it. So we can be aware of whatever's here without greed or aversion. And, and this kind of investigation, this proactivity of practice is a key component uh, to bring meditation and life together. And so it, it, what it, what it, what I've seen for myself and for many students is it allows for our curiosity to function and our intelligence to function and our interest to function and our wonder and discovery and surprise and, and respect for each moment to be present. And it's, there's a kind of respect for both the practice and ourselves and each moment of life, because each moment we see is brand new. And it's not whatever it is, whatever we, whatever our assumption is, whatever our belief is, there's a closer way to be aware of it that is not obscured by our beliefs and our assumptions. In fact, when we really respect each moment, the word respect means respect respect, to look again, to look again, right? Speck is like spectacle, and re is again, once again. And in some of the suttas, it said that the, the factor of investigation was 
the factor that most nourish the Buddha. And it's really something we have naturally. It's not something you don't have. You don't have a quality of, of, uh, of investigation or, or inquiry or wonder or discovery. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's something that's natural for us as human beings. And one of my teachers, Hamid Ali, he said it this way. He said, the childlike quality of the heart manifests as curiosity. Children want to know about everything. What is this? And why is that? And where is this? And, and he said, this attitude has to be there when you want to know what's here. You don't want to leave any stone unturned. You want to know not from a goal-oriented scientific mind of trying to figure it out, but from the joy of wonder and discovering every moment. If you really get into knowing what is here, each moment feels like the first time. Just like a child who repeats something over and over again without losing any delight or interest. When you explore, explore what is here and now, everything is always for the first time. Then he goes on, who we are is such an infinite richness. If we allow ourselves to go through that investigation that, and with a loving and curious investigation, that becomes life. And that's, that's a good life, in my opinion. That's a good way to live life as practice, not just to practice in life, but life becoming practice. And it's key is learning and understanding while we're present and aware and awake, including when we're talking and thinking and relating. And so it, it's supported by an embodied awareness and learning how to practice 24 seven. Like right now, be aware of what your body's, what's happening with your body while you're listening in a very relaxed way. The tensing doesn't help. The relaxation helps for, a, for a really ultimately a wide open awareness to discover reality, discover the Dharma, discover what's true, not just conceptually, but experientially. And not just assuming we know or being limited by our knowing, but really discovering what's here. Like even now here, you could do this one thing, be aware of a breath for a moment or a couple breaths, just feel it. However you're aware of the breath, get close to it for a second. And then you can be curious about, well, what is this? What is a breath? And what is the living experience? Maybe a better way to say it. What is the living experience we call breath?
And what happens if we let go? What's like? What's it like not to let the knowing of what we know about breath li limit what we don't know about this next breath? The magic of it, or the beauty of it, or the mystery of it, or the ordinariness of it, even. We often don't like to let go of our knowing. Not knowing is not comfortable for us because it's a little bit of it's a loss of control. <clears throat> but, but it's so important to let, let what we know obscure what we don't know. And so inquiry, investigation is a very strong focus into the immediacy of what's alive. Stephen Batchelor put it this way. He said, inquiry is an intense focus questioning into the totality of what is unfolding at any given moment. It is the engine that drives awareness into the heart of what is unknown. Beautiful quote by Stephen. Inquiry is an intense focus questioning into the totality of what is unfolding at any given moment. It is the engine that drives awareness into the heart of what is unknown. And so part of what we're doing is developing practice and, and learning to recognize the components of practice, which include mindfulness, awareness, presence, openness, curiosity, interest, a centeredness, respect, understanding, understanding what's right here in the moment and see where that present centeredness takes us if we're really starting to live it 24 seven without any judgment about the 20, 23, uh, 20, yeah, 23, uh, six that we don't, we are, we are practicing. We forget the practice. We're not trying to make it. We're not trying to make 24 seven a club. We're just trying to make that a support. So we, we can keep going every day and see what we understand and learn by investigating the Dharma and the moment. And the Buddha in the uh, Iriwutaka Sutta said that this committed life is lived for the sake of seeing into things and understanding them. And it's a key teaching from the Buddha about what it means to awaken, that we our life is lived for the sake of seeing into things and understanding them. And, and I'm going to give you a couple more quotes about that because it's so important to really open our hearts to understanding. Bhikkhu Bodhi talked about it this way when he talks about the Four Noble Truths in the Eightfold Path. He said the essence of the Buddha's teaching is summed up in two principles, the Four Noble Truths in the Eightfold Path. The first, the Four Noble Truths covers the side of doctrine and the primary response it elicits is understanding. 
The second covers the side of discipline and is in the broadest sense of the word and the primary response it calls for is practice. And so the two together are woven that really, and you all know that the Eightfold Path is part of the Four Noble Truths. It's not actually separate. And but understanding being a key piece that also Sayadaw Uteshaniya talks about this way. He said, Vipassana is not just a process of sitting and watching. In such a situation, you need to remind yourself of the right view towards what is happening. You need to acknowledge what is happening and accept it as it is. Then you examine what is happening and try to learn from it, try to understand the nature of this kind of mind, try to understand how it works. And when, when he says mind, I'm, really it means mind heart and really mind heart body, like what's happening here and, and understand it and then be able to respond from that understanding. So I'm going to give you a little exercise, like a two-minute exercise individually. And if you have a piece of paper or your computer or your phone, you could do it on there. I want you to take a couple minutes and reflect, investigate these two questions that I'm going to give you. Okay, and here are the two questions. And I'll try to put them in the chat after I, yeah. And here's the instruction, which is, what do you understand about the Dharma? What do you understand about the Dharma? And it could be anything or the nothing or the most important thing or whatever it is, just really reflect and be curious about what do you understand about the Dharma? And then see what's unclear or confusing or don't you understand about the Dharma? What's unclear, confusing, what don't you understand about the Dharma. And, and now here's this key to this kind of inquiry practice. While you're reflecting, which of course the mind will already start thinking about it, you're, and you're probably already aware that the mind is thinking about it, that's good practice, right? Be aware, investigate what happens in your body, your heart, your mind, while you're reflecting, while you're inquiring. What happens as you think about it, wonder about it, feel into it, sense into it? And so I'm going to give you two minutes to do that. Okay, and you're on the clock. I'm going to try and put this in the, in the chat for everybody. Yeah. Okay, it's in the chat if that's helpful. And yeah. <clears throat> and also take your time doing it. Even when you pause, feel into yourself, sense yourself, 
see what's happening even when you're not writing or thinking. We have one more minute and notice what happens even if you think you're done. Notice what, what's here if you think you're done. Because if you stay present, other responses may come that you're not thinking about. It all becomes part of the investigative practice. <clears throat> okay, so let's do a quick little pop-up. What happened? What do you, did you learn anything, discover anything? What do, you, what do you understand about the Dharma? What don't you understand? Can we have a few quick pop-ups? Go ahead, Allison. I think, Genuinely I'm, I'm, not, I'm not hearing you, Allison. Try again. Your your sound's breaking up. Respect. And what we don't understand is probably mystery and the why. Okay. I didn't I couldn't understand you too well. Sorry. I believe. Is, is she, can anybody else hear Allison clearly? No, we're not hearing you, Allison. We're going to have to go on to somebody else. Sorry. Tomas. A trust. Yeah, Allison, you're going to have to stop. Thank you. Thomas. Yeah. Um, I don't understand the power of the ego, and it seems elusive. Mm -hmm. Great, thank you. Okay, Don. Yeah, what I do seem to understand about the Dharma is that it seems to be everywhere and I can place my attention wherever I want in that. So I've got that choice. And what I don't understand about the Dharma is like really nothing. I mean, I don't understand any of it. This is just, I'm making this up because this is my inquiry, but I really have no idea. Okay, thank you. Ben? Uh, okay, I'm not muted anymore. Um, first of all, I got very tense. And then- uh -huh. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, very. And, and, and then I tried to remember 
some of the fundamentals like the noble truths and the eightfold noble path and i realized i was crowding all of that in and i i had to i mean i i know them but i couldn't pull them up clearly in in my memory and then i had to let that go and just try to be present um to what was going on i i before I sent you an email before or yeah before this all began because someone had sent me a quote from Suzuki Roshi and it seemed very apt um, to what to investigation to what to the subject that you were bringing mm -hmm. before us and fundamentally what we are what we're investigating is our own experience. Mm -hmm. Yes. Phenomenologically. And yes, totally. And, and um, that's real, that kind of choiceless awareness without trying to control it uh, is, is really what interests me more than anything else. Okay, um, great. I'm, I'm going to keep going because I want to just get yeah. a few more pop-ups and have yeah. a little bit more to say in the talk. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Who's who's in the Virgil? You're you're muted still. There we go. There we um, go. It's Stephanie with the Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, I, knew, um, I knew it was one of the two of you. <laughs> what I understand about the Dharma is that it is uh, a framework for us to investigate and find out and understand about ourselves and the world in which we live and our place in it. Beautiful. And what I don't understand is always where I belong. Uh -huh. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Jeff? Hi, Eugene. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Good. Okay. So, um, what I understand about the Dharma is I is when I'm stopping and I'm doing meditation and I'm practicing, I can see what I'm seeing. I, I can recognize it. Mm -hmm. And and I I I see it. And uh, but what I don't understand is is um, usually my understanding about what I'm seeing. <laughs> I'm kind of like with Don. It's like uh, a lot of more questions that are there. I don't quite have the ability to kind of put all the puzzle together. But at the same time, I'm kind of, I, I'm acknowledging that, that mm -hmm. but, and that it's okay. I don't have to have all the answers for everything. It's, right. it's all right to be that, that's kind of in very... It's very important part of not knowing. True knowing comes out of not knowing. Great. Okay. Todd. 
Um, what do I understand about the Dharma is um, transformation and liberation. Uh -huh. Okay. Larry Rabbit. Oh, my God. I'm <laughs> so happy to see you. These are old, old friends of mine. I haven't seen Larry in a long time. It's great to see you, Larry. <laughs> yeah. Anything, anything and else, Todd? And what I don't understand is um, that I don't understand. <laughs> I know that about you for a long time, Todd. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I'm going to keep going. Thank you. Oh, Nancy, you're the last one. I'll get one more. I don't understand karma. Oh, good. That's, I mean, good meaning that's a really good question. And maybe I'll do a karma talk next time because okay. that's, it's a it's tough big. one, karma. Yeah, no, it's a big question. And we have a lot of ideas and beliefs about what it means. Okay. Great. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. Let me go back to gallery. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, so that was that was great to do that. And I'm going to do a little more inquiry on a regular basis with our class about whatever. If, if I give a talk on karma, I'm going to have us do either personal or even some interpersonal inquiry with whatever the topic may be. So we can keep learning together in this way. Because Ajahn Chai used to, it was one of the methods Ajahn Chai used for himself which he called reflective inquiry. And reflective inquiry, he talked about as the deliberate use of verbal thought to investigate the teachings and all kinds of things, including in particular attachments, fears, hopes, and especially the feeling of identification itself. And that's a really important piece to keep, I don't think gets emphasized, or understood enough, it's not just about meditating. It's about really reflecting and inquiring and discovering what's here. And um, as, um, as Sayadaw Uteshaniya said, he said, whenever you experience doubt or uneasiness or dissatisfaction or tension or frustration, or elation, look at them, examine them, ask yourself questions, he's saying as part of practice, such as what kinds of thoughts are in my mind? What is my attitude? Or how, what attitude do these thoughts create? And what is my attitude towards these thoughts? He goes on to say, this will help you understand how the defilements affect you. And then he says, you need patience, interest, and a sense of curiosity to do this. And defilements, it's not my favorite word. The word, it's a translation of kalesa. And in Buddhism, those are states of heart and mind that really cloud awareness, cloud consciousness, and, and, and which then manifests as unwholesome actions. And the, the kalesas or defilements include things like anxiety, fear, anger, jealousy, depression, um, uh, you know, wanting, clinging, things like that. 
but he ends, he says, you need patience, interest, and a sense of curiosity to investigate our, I'm going to call it misunderstanding of what's true. And so, um, um, yeah, I think that's all I'm going to say for tonight. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.